Welcome back to Retail Therapy on the Sunday Scaries podcast feed. My name is Will DeFreeze. With me in the studio today is my co-host, Barrett Dudley. Barrett, how's it going today? It's going all right. You know, just uh, just enjoying the smooth, delicious lo-fi beats of uh, Retail Therapy starting. You know, Randy thinks that that beat would go platinum if we just if we just put it out. You can't believe it's it's just it's just our intro. Well, now that we own the rights to it, like can we can we release a track with it? Like are we allowed to can we can we do like a freestyle Yeah, like do you think do you think that we should do like a like a 2000s Swish House style freestyle about like, you know, throwbacks or something on it? On I don't know if I have like bars or anything, but I'd like to, I, I mean, it, it's a good enough beat that I'm down to try. No, I'm not down to try. It's just going to go poorly for me. Yeah. That, I, uh, I gave up that life nominally 10 years ago. You know, that was probably the last time that I, that I dropped a flow. I just, now the, that Drake's a dad, I just apply any, any lyrics that I would have, uh, that I would come up with myself. I'm just going to defer to Drake. Yeah. Like yeah. when he, on certified lover boy, when he came out and said, I've been hot since the birth of my son, I was mm-hmm. like, yes, we have officially made it. Dad, dad raps are going off right now. I can't wait. And I was very happy about that. I, I've really been just like disappointed, you know, by the lack of uh, Instagram captions that are Drake lyrics recently, you know? Yeah. What what, hap- what happened, guys? I, so I've actually had one holstered for a long time now <laughs> that I've been waiting to do, but I need the right situation to arise. Yeah. And it's kind of killing me. And I can say it right now because it's my favorite lyric from Certified Lover Boy, which I don't have that many favorite lyrics from. Mm-hmm. But he has in the first song... He has a lyric where he says, cashmere knits for the nighttime boat rides. Ooh. And the, growing up in northern Michigan, when you would a take bar. a lot of that's nighttime boat rides, yeah. and like now that I, I, I have my favorite cashmere sweater, I'm like, I just want to drop that sometime. It's for, as, a, as a born and raised Texas boy, experiencing something like a Michigan, you know, summer evening on a boat ride mm-hmm. or like going out to Southern California for the first time and like, oh, my God. The bonfire thing, it, it getting down to the low sixties, high fifties at night thing. This is this is a real thing because for so long you just like, you know, you you look at like, what? Wh- why are brands dropping lightweight jackets in knitwear in spring collections? Yeah. Like this is shorts and t shirt weather, baby. There's no, there's nothing else that you need, and then you like experience the bliss of like a real summer season, not just not not just like you know soul crushing heat, and yeah. it's it's a really well, it's, it's awful. A quite, like, quite a thing. Quite ALD a thing. will do a drop spring summer, and they have all these beautiful sweaters, like things that I would really like to buy, but I have no business buying them no. because yeah. it's going to be too hot here. Yeah. And I just think about like, am I, am I willing to buy this for the week that I go home every summer and like get to wear shorts and a cashmere sweater at night? It like, really is for the. It's just for the Great Lakes boys. You know what I mean? It's like yeah, it's just like the the upstate New Yorks. The uh, I don't know your whatever islands are off of Cape Cod and mm-hmm, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's for the vampire weekend listeners out there. Really every, really all the States except for like, you know, the Southwest, the Southeast and Texas, I guess. Yeah. 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 All the other ones. Yeah. They get, to, they get to live that life. We're in a fit desert down here. <laughs> <laughs> it's terrible. Uh, some people out there might be wondering right now why they're hearing this instead of a regular Sunday scaries episode. Uh, it's for two different reasons. First and foremost, we've been doing these now. I think this is our seventh episode. Wow. Could be wrong. Uh, it's around the seventh episode. If you haven't listened now, I'm just giving you an excuse to listen now. And also, it's moving week over here at Wash Media, which means that we will not have a studio to record in very likely on Friday, which means I can't have my normal recording slot for Sunday Scaries. So I was like, you know what? Let's just get Barrett in the studio and do this. If you're unfamiliar with retail therapy... It's just an offshoot of the Sunday Scaries podcast. We, I had to bring in Barrett to talk about all the stuff we love buying, all the stuff we want to buy, the window shopping we do, 
low bowl season, whatever it may be. And yeah, we found ourselves here. Aesthetics. Yeah. We're big on us. You know, we just, we, we take a crack at aesthetics. We've had a, we've had a run at aesthetics recently and I think <laughs> I might put it all to bed today. I, I, I think we're going to close out the episode with some aesthetic talk. And I think that it's going to really make everyone rethink what they're doing right now. Do you, do you want me to pull back the curtain a little bit? Yeah. Uh, so on, on the, club cool uh podcast it's instagram feed I'm, mm-hmm. i've finally gotten back to posting after a very long hiatus i've enjoyed that you've gotten back to posting. and you know i was i'm always so impressed with the sunday scaries feed because it always looks so uniform and it's not something that i can figure out i just don't have the touch i, I look at my feed e- even as i'm as i'm attempting to do this and i'm just like this is hot garbage um but i'm gonna i'm just gonna keep plugging away you know what i mean but 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 what i've what i'm doing it and this is this was inspired mostly by the night Lux aesthetic is I'm just dropping dramatic filter on everything. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, the, the Sunday scary feed people think, I think people think that I spend a lot of time trying to do the aesthetics of it. Like I don't spend any time like editing the photos, but you're just a natural. You just have the gifts. But all I do people, like so many people reach out and these, these people that reach out are like, lifestyle bloggers mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And they're like, Hey, where do you find your photos? And I'm like, do you think I just have a folder that I go to? And I just like pull these, like I scroll the internet endlessly for hours <laughs> and I save these photos and it takes me forever to finally use one. Like when I finally get a caption in my head, I'm like, Oh, I got to go back and find this, this photo of Kendall Jenner looking at her phone from six months ago that I mm-hmm. found. Like, I'm not going to act like this is the Lord's work or anything, but like, yeah, it's, I just scroll the internet so long. And I, I think I have a, decent photographic memory when it comes to like f- random photos I find mm-hmm. online. And I think it does yeah. make it easier for me to dip back and be like, Oh, I need that photo of Al Pacino struggling at that cafe. Yeah, but, you, but you are, you're like, you're saying you're putting in the work too. It's you, 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 ha- you're a natural, you're naturally gifted, but that also requires, you know, you got to sharpen the skills. You know, you're, you're, a, a grind. you're a swan on the water, <laughs> moving along gracefully, making it look easy. And then below the surface, those feet are just churning, baby. If that it, was in an episode of something, or, or then I can't remember what. But oh, that's. I mean, oh, you I got, think uh, winning time. I think this was winning time. You got to be a duck that was uh, that made that reference, and I'm stealing it. So, uh, if you haven't followed Sunday Scaries on Instagram or Club Cool for that matter on Instagram, go follow both. Uh, hopefully, by the time you hear this episode, Sunday Scaries will be just devastatingly close to a hundred thousand followers. Wow. We're closing in. We need about seven wow. at the time of recording right now. Need about seven hundred more. All I really want is 100K. Like ever since I hit 90K, it's just been like, I need 100K. And yeah. then I can stop thinking about it for months. Yeah. I might just never post again. <laughs> I don't want to lose any followers. <laughs> anyway, to all of you who have subscribed, who have supported the Sunday Scaries podcast, welcome to Retail Therapy. If you guys have any questions, topics, anything like that, you can always DM us on Instagram. You can also watch every episode of this over at youtube.com slash washed media. But without further ado, let's jump into our first topic, something that Barrett brought to my attention and something I'd seen a little bit about on uh, Instagram recently, probably on Business of Fashion or something. Yeah. I'll I'll also say that if you follow friend of the pod, Cat Pat, on Twitter, she makes reference to the Sheen phenomenon quite often. After you you brought this to my attention this morning, and I I kind of had a gist of what was going on, but after you did, uh, I saw three different stories from three different... people that I follow on Instagram all talking about this and complaining about this. Yeah. So the 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 news kind of of the week here is that they have just closed Sheen, which, which a little bit of background, it is a Chinese fast fashion company. So 
you know, H&M, Zara, Mango, all these other ones that, that, that you know and have, and have heard of. It's basically the Chinese version of them. And they just closed a round where they raised somewhere in between $1 and $2 billion, giving them a valuation of $100 billion, which to put things in perspective means that they are now worth more than H&M and Zara combined. And how long have they been in business for? They've, so they have actually been around for quite some time. Okay. I think, I, think I, I saw 11 years, okay. I want to say. Okay. Um, and, you, you know, like you, you kind of mentioned having just kind of seen them on the on the periphery over the last several years. And that, that was my relationship to them as well. I would see them like every once in a while they'd get put on Diet Prada. For for, okay. rip, for ripping off something from the runway, or... I had to unfollow Diet Prada, so I'm I'm no longer a I, follower. I don't either. I don't. I, it, it started to get catty, and I didn't like that. Yeah, it, there was there was a little bit of a got to be like a who watches the Watchmen mm-hmm. thing yeah. going on yeah. with them, where they were just like unchecked. Yes, and it was it no longer felt like they were just like doing the Lord's work. Yeah, I was like, I don't know if you're doing good right now. Yeah, I almost yeah. feel like you're kind of taking some people who don't <laughs> maybe don't deserve to get dragged right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but but back back when they were you know kind of blowing up, and I was following them. Sheen would would regularly make appearances for ripping off both like designer, uh, you know, garments, uh, and also like like cool in the know small brand garments which is which is the big no-no yeah yeah as far as it goes and that that that's kind of where the controversy was first born um now with as they've done this massive fundraising round and are you know suddenly by the way isn't the guy that owns zara the richest man in the world carlos something something like that like i feel so i'm so i gotta think that the sheen person people are now like top 10 richest people in the world they're they're trying to get in the Trace Comas Club. Yes, yeah, so I, oh, I think they're there. Baby. Yeah, they're they're uh, definitely there. <laughs> um, so, yeah, what the, some some numbers that just kind of blew my mind with with the news stories that were released is that Sheen is putting out a thousand new products a day. Again, to make the comparison, Zara, who was famous for like revolutionizing the fast fashion industry, puts out two thousand a month. Zara puts out 2000 new garments a month. Sheen is doing a thousand a day. And if you look at the other competitors too, like they're, I mean, they're still putting out thousands of stuff a month and it's not even coming close to like Zara. Right. Right. Yeah. And, uh, and everything costs like a price that does not seem real. It's all the price itself on the site is almost a red flag. I mean, it is yes, a red it flag. It is a red flag because I'm looking at the shirt and I'm like, this is a good looking. Like, I'm just looking at this men's vertical striped button up shirt. It looks like it would go great on a beach in Italy. It looks just like you could wear it out to you could wear it to Easter if you wanted to, and it's fourteen dollars. And I'm like, okay, so that tells me that I get it in the mail, I wash it one time, and then it never looks the same ever again. Yeah, this is it's. It, I mean. The, the the kind of the OG that that people our age will certainly be familiar with is like Forever Twenty One, mm-hmm. right? I you, think that's like that's what everyone defaults to when they talk about fast fashion because that's the easiest thing to shit on when it comes to just fashion in general is Forever Twenty One. And and every mall had a Forever Twenty One. Like it took a long time for H and M to kind of spread across the U S. anyway, and for like all big cities to get one. Um, but you, you could walk into a forever 21 and you understood fast fashion. You could feel the clothes and like maybe every once in a while you'd put your hands on something and be like, well, I guess this is okay. But for the most part, everything is under $20 and it feels like it's on, it should be under $20. Can I read a couple paragraphs from a high snobiety column that I, I took out? 
It says, as consumers, we've become a lot more conscious of, about our consumption, as well as have started to put pressure on some of the biggest fashion brands to take responsibility and introduce sustainable initiatives. Swedish giant H&M has been at the forefront or introducing recycling programs. It's closed the loop initiative and collections made out of reused materials and Inditex has also followed suit. However, when it comes to Sheen, there are no sustainability initiatives nor transparency around its production and manufacturing processes, yet plenty of people are still buying from their website every single day. The Business of Fashion reports that Sheen's success is largely attributed to tech their tech-driven approach using AI software that plugs trending styles from social media and across the internet directly into its computers on the factory floor. When you think about it, it's basically like an episode of Black Mirror. And that is kind of, it's, I mean, it's kind of a vibey episode of Black Mirror, yeah, but yeah, oh, yeah it's still yeah. it's still an episode of Black Mirror. <laughs> um, there are a couple of things that I've, I've taken out from here. One is that we've all become a lot more conscious about our consumption. I don't know how true that is. Okay. That, I feel like I, some people have. Th that's part of why I find the the this the news and the the rise of Sheen so fascinating is because when you know just take the Club Cool podcast for example over the last 18 months we've spent a lot of time talking about how what everybody is after right now like vintage is back. Mm -hmm. Thrifting has never been bigger. Yeah. All these brands that we love to talk about like Corridor and Bodie are like doing these things that look handcrafted and like time was spent on them and that you pick up and and we talk about the weight of things like heavy cotton is yeah. so popular right now it's like everything felt like it was moving towards this very conscious eco-friendly green sustainable like buy less or uh yeah buy less but spend more buy less but buy better that type of all those types of initiatives and then you like yeah and then you like look over your shoulder and sheen is suddenly worth 100 to 200 billion dollars yeah. and you're like okay so this is this is like we're the vocal minority pumping up, gassing up like the good part of fashion or what fashion can, should aim to be. Meanwhile, <laughs> everybody is just like buying seven dollar tank tops off sheet. Yeah. And you look at and you're like, I mean, it's I, it's kind of like if you were talking to your friend who like is very strict about composting or something and then you take them to a landfill and you're like do you care anymore yeah like yeah. how much of an effect are, i know it makes you feel good but how much of an effect are you making on everything like it's just concerning another thing i said is when it, they said uh there are no sustainability initiatives nor transparency around its production and manufacturing processes i don't necessarily think that that's like a deal breaker but it's just blatant right now i don't necessarily need the transparency but i would like to know that they're at least trying to be yeah, good I mean, in terms of I, I think that that's another, you know, as you get into like the geopolitics of the whole thing, right? Like H&M is a Swedish brand and uh, Forever 21 is, a, I'm pretty sure, an American one. And it's like it, it, all of these kind of like these these more Western based companies mm -hmm. feel the pressure to at least like optically look like they are trying to 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 change their ways in a way or at yeah. least counterbalance or like reduce carbon footprint like you know all the buzzwords right sheen which is a chinese company which means that they are literally based right there next to all of their factories they mm -hmm. can be as vertical as it gets and they're they're coming out of china which means they're not accountable in any of that shit no they don't have to answer a single damn question from like business of fashion or vogue or like <laughs> you know diet product basically yeah right they don't give two shits yeah. so it's they're not going to get they can be as opaque as they want to be they they never have to tell you like how much any of this costs they never have to open their factory doors so you can see what it actually looks like on the manufacturing floor and I, that that's a that's a piece of it that is that should be concerning to sheen shoppers is that like this is a company that doesn't even feel the pressure to pretend like they're doing something 
yeah. po- positive environmentally, sustainably, you know, in, in, in anything like in that realm. And so it's it's like one of the first thing we said that these prices are, they literally are too good to be true. Yeah. That it's, you know, I love a steal. I love a good deal on something. And most of the time when I buy something online, that's at this price point, I buy it knowing I'm probably not going to wear it in public very much. And it's probably going to be like an at home thing. Or I buy it just knowing, Hey, I need this for this one thing that I'm doing. And I'm probably going to like donate it after that. But I feel guilty doing that at this point. I hate, I hate doing that kind of stuff. The, the, the other just interesting thing here that I didn't totally understand is that they is their release model, which is they're releasing really small batches of all the stuff that you see. Do they, do they scale everything and after then, they see what does yes. well? Yes, and then the stuff that does well because they are so vertical, because their turnaround time is like you know lightning fast compared to anybody else. Mm-hmm. Just for reference, like you know, Haller bro- Haller Brothers, we, we put in POs for um for our fall twenty two line like months ago. Yeah, production takes ninety days minimum, and that's not even including like the mills. Because they're pumping out a bunch the mill of striped fabric, you know what I mean. <laughs> so it's like like th- this is the way that they can do stuff in 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 a matter of days. Essentially, is like it doesn't even seem legitimate. Like mm-hmm. it doesn't even seem like that would be possible. The- uh, but but so I I didn't grasp that part of it though that they that that most of this stuff they're making in really small batches again doesn't make sense with the price that they can do that. And then the stuff that hits, they they launch into like super mass production. But it's just a really crazy thing that's going on. This is obviously really, really popular. And it does, I, I think that 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 like you said, the the it really is is goes against what we think we know is happening with like the collective consciousness around fashion sustainability. Yeah. I mean the company that I used to work for, uh Huzzah in Harbor Springs, Michigan, um I'm still very, very good friends with the people that I worked with. I still keep in touch with them all the time. Uh, but when I started working there, I was really young. And a lot of the stuff in there was were things that I didn't understand. I mean, when you're that young, you don't understand why people would spend, you know, $400 on a mohair blanket, something like that. And and you see the price tag and your eyes just seem to like bug out of your skull. Right. And so at a, at a pretty early age, I started having to figure out ways to sell these things to people who have the money to buy it, but I didn't. So I couldn't really, I couldn't really put two and two together. And so I really had to start trying to ingrain into my, my brain, like the, the value in having a high value product and having something that's going to last me for three year, three or four or five, 10 years, something like that, as opposed to buying something that I'm just going to wear for the season and get rid of. And, you know, it's difficult when you see those prices to try to justify it in your head because you just don't know if you're going to like it in a year's time, in two years time or however long. But the more time that I spend trying to find things that I really fall in love with and spend that money, that good money on things that I really want or really need or know that I'm going to get a lot of use out of. Now I feel like I've gotten to a point where I can justify those larger purchases because I've proven to myself that I will use them over the span of four years as opposed to just throwing them away. I mean, I bought I bought ALD t-shirts that are out of my price range normally. I bought them early in the pandemic and I've been wearing them since early in the pandemic and I'm still wearing them today. Yeah. And like my cost per wear on those are much better than the J. Crew cotton t-shirts that I used to wear all the time that I just throw away after summer when I'd sweat through them. Yeah. Yeah. And, and 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's. I'll just play devil's advocate here, real quick, here on my on my own reaction to all of this stuff because I I certainly align myself with with that way of thinking. And as I've gotten into my thirties, like the number of items that I buy in a given year is way less than it than it used to be, even five or six years ago, where I was like, you know, plundering J Crew sales way mm-hmm. more often, and like you know, really really digging in when and when when I found deals and 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 scraping through the bargain bin stuff like that whereas now like it it I'm able to be far more selective um at the same time like the, there is there's so much more conversation about you know what it means to be like an egalitarian society and like what what is okay price wise and and how do you democratize things to a better degree and I, so I, I I kind of understand that part of it too a little bit because like some of these things where where some of these items that you'll see on Sheen, which are like, and we're we're in the trend section here now, so this is mostly just like borderline club wear, but <laughs> it's not st- borderline <laughs> stuff that gets pulled off the runways. Like, it, you know, you there is like a I feel there is a moral or ethical gray area where it's like, well, this is an unattainable thing for ninety nine percent of the world. Mm-hmm. So, isn't there something to be said for like offering it a price for the masses? And then you get into this whole like art debate and you can't really copyright fashion. That's another yeah. weird wrinkle to it. You cannot copyright the like the, the cut, the cut or the shape or the material. Like it's not a thing that you can do. Um, and, and I, I, you know, so to just come full circle, like there's a difference, though, between kind of paying homage to something or offering it at a better price, but in a different way. And this, which is just like straight up ripping it off making it at the lowest quality possible and, and like the only the you you may feel like like you're able to partake in something here but it's but you you everybody that still has to ask themselves like what is the cost of something being this cheap yeah like and i i, I unfortunately i feel like most people most people who are consuming this kind of stuff don't care because they just want something cheap that looks good when they go out. Yeah. And I feel like that's probably the mentality that a lot of younger people have. And I feel like that's the mentality that I probably had back in the day. I'm not trying to find forever pieces when I'm 20 years old. Yeah. You know, that's just not what 20 year olds do. And that's not what they care about. As you get older, you start to realize and you start to cringe a little bit more when you look at stuff like this and just feel bad about it. And like the fact that the people, the powers that be at Sheen, like are okay with this i mean you're just supporting people who are okay with this moral weirdness yeah but yeah i don't like you but uh (laughs) but but there's clearly clearly they are 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 being extremely successful and so how does it make you feel that they are doing the black mirror of uh of fast fashion and just plugging stuff into their ai software i I, uh, man that's actually probably what I have, the, what I'm most okay with. You know, just let let the AI run wild on TikTok. I don't, I don't, I don't care about that. I mean, yeah, true. They're tracking everything else, so who cares? Who really cares? Like, we're we are, avoiding the Black Mirror stuff at this point. It's just pointless, so it doesn't really matter. It, yeah, it's it, you know, the, a lot of this is very inventive, right? The fact that they are so vertical that they do have the lead times that they do is actually super impressive. The technology that they're using is scary and weird and as creepy as it is. It, it, you know, it's 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 no different than you just being able to be like, oh, hey, I wonder if so and so's sister's friend got married, and then you dig, do a, do like a thirty second search online via some social media platform or Google, and you like figured out the answer, and you never had to call or talk mm-hmm. to anybody. Yeah, that's fair. You know what I mean? Like yeah. we we all engage in that type of like black mirror stuff. 
I just wish that they, it's just like the situation where like, I wish they were using these powers for good instead of what seems to be like kind of using them for, for evil. <laughs> I, based on how many people are speaking out about this right now, like I, there is like awareness of it, but the size of the awareness I think is uh, kind of paling in comparison to the actual problem at hand. So I, I don't know if there's a solution in the immediate future. You know, I, I had on just like while I was cooking last night, I just needed to put something on and I put, put on the American version of song contest. You know, the, there's Eurovision song contest and now they're doing like the America version of it. Mm -hmm. Yes. And it was the first time it's, this is hosted by Kelly Clarkson and Snoop Dogg, by the way, they're the two hosts. I gotta say, they were they were delightful. Snoop Dogg is just the is just he is the best most like positive person. He had he had such nice things to say after every single song, and everything that he said like actually made sense and it was different. He wasn't just like that was a great song. He had like a special reason why he liked each one. It was it was unbelievable. It is Snoop Dogg, but it was the it was the first time that I'd like seen a reality show where they were like, and you guys can all vote on TikTok, <laughs> like. Uh, Oh, it like really cemented the fact that like that the other social media platforms are are dinosaurs at this point. Like TikTok is where it's at, and so this is. I'm still an Instagram the, boy. I, I'm pretty sure that Sheen is is it's living on TikTok. You know what I mean? Like that is that's that's the market. That's the demo. That is how it is running as wild as it is. I think. Uh, can I, I? We just got some breaking news regarding Sheen. Oh yeah, let's, yeah. Do you mind if yeah, I break this real please, quick? Please break the news. Uh, I've just gotten word that uh, somebody in the studio right now who does not have a microphone in front of them has purchased two shirts from Sheen a month ago. So he, <laughs> we just ro we just roasted him off the face of the earth for uh, about twenty minutes. Oh my I'm not going to name them because I, I do oh think the, the guilty party should be anonymous. But we just absolutely killed somebody in this studio. <laughs> okay, but this is. We just answered our own question. If 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 we have a man in this room shopping mm. on Sheen, yep, It'd be your own people. Sometimes I, I would have bet you a hundred dollars that Randy didn't know what Sheen. Sorry, I, I just, don't. You, I, you, no, that's, you, you can believe it out. <laughs> that's understandable. I would have bet a hundred dollars that he didn't know what what Sheen was. If somebody asked me, where, I thought you just shopped at Kohl's, Randy. Like this is this is new. <laughs> I can't. You're cheating. You're cheating on on Coles. Is, is Sheen offering a competing loyalty program? Barrett and I are gonna we're gonna put we're gonna curate a list of places where you can go shop. We'll itemize it by you know we'll we'll do it by the Google uh, the Google restaurant rating for price, and we'll put like one dollar sign to five dollars. I'm honestly for you. I'm. <laughs> now I'm now now we're gonna have to talk to Randy about it, what the quality of of his Sheen shirts are like. I know. Can you bring him in, Randy? We'll do a, maybe we maybe we can just have Randy do what all the other bloggers are doing on TikTok, doing and, a Sheen haul. Yeah, yeah, he'll just do his haul. We got to do Randy's Sheen haul now. Yeah, I'm so tired of seeing hauls, man. <laughs> I just don't care. Like, I, maybe more guys need. To, maybe I just maybe the algorithm's not giving me the guys doing the good hauls. Like, I don't really follow any good guys on on TikTok who who I enjoy that much. The male fashion TikTok is one of the worst places on earth. I feel like it's just. I mean, and I, I mean, I think I'm guilty of this too, but I just feel like it's a bunch of people who just get ALD in the mail and then it, like it, flex it, it, it on TikTok. Pretty much. Or, yeah. or, or that their entire style aesthetic is based on that. Yes. It and all so stems them, from it's ALD. Just them just like rubbing their hands together, pointing up at like summer style suggestions popping up on the screen and then being like carpenter pants. Yeah. And then, and then no, the, my least favorite one right now that I keep seeing is like, uh, 
sneakers that became cringe part eight and then they make you wait seven <laughs> seconds so they get like help from the algorithm and then they show you like sneakers that haven't been cool in five years and i'm yeah. like yeah those have been out for a really long- like no one wears those anymore yes they're obviously out uh yeah yeah it's 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 tough out there it's it's not a great place. Well, I got some good news for everyone at home. We have a wonderful sponsor here today. One of my all-time favorites. When you hunt for new wine, you have two options. You can either wander around your local grocery store or wine mart, picking bottles up at random, or you can get personalized wine you love delivered right to your door and for a fraction of the cost as well. If you love the excitement of discovering new wines but hate the risk of disappointment, First Leaf Wine Club is a no-brainer. First Leaf is a wine club that curates and ships wines that are personalized to your tastes, allowing you to discover wines from five continents and 12 countries. When you rate a wine that you receive, First Leaf learns more about your palate, so not only are you being introduced to a ton of new wine, each First Leaf box gets even better. Uh, my first box that I got from them, I got a wine that I wasn't sure if I was going to like it. And sure enough, I didn't really like it that much. I edited it there and every box that I've gotten since then has been tailored so well to what I like. And, you know, I don't have that crazy of a palate, but I know what, I know what tastes good and what doesn't taste good. And First Leaf always manages to figure this out. You're a big buttery shard guy, right? I like it. I like a decent buttery <laughs> shard in the middle of summer, a little white wine in the middle of summer. I'm kind of going through a Pinot phase right now, but th- more on that in a little bit, actually. Okay. All right. Here's a little not-so-secret fun fact about First Leaf. They work directly with winemakers, which means you can get incredible wine at about 60% off. I, as, as you just said, I, I, I can do a buttery chard. I can do a Savvy B, maybe a Pinot. These guys have them all. And they also just have things that I've never even heard of that they, they will toss in or suggest. And I'm like, you know what? Let's try it. And it always seems to work out. They're so confident that you'll love the wine that they have a 100% satisfaction guarantee and if you receive a bottle that isn't exactly what you were hoping for, First Leaf will even credit your account. If you love finding and tasting new wine, First Leaf's a no-brainer. Join today and you'll get six bottles of wine for $29.95 in free shipping. Just go to tryfirstleaf.com slash scaries. That's six bottles of wine for $29.95 and free shipping at tryfirstleaf.com slash scaries. You know what a nice glass of uh, summer wine pairs well with, Barrett? Oh, what? A big-ass salad. Ooh, that, you're not wrong. <sighs> it's always been kind of a thing. I, Sal and I have always joked, like, oh, it's bi- like big salad Monday here. And that's usually – it's kind of a trope on Sunday Scaries at this point of just undoing your weekend by eating a big salad on mm-hmm. Monday. Maybe having a smoothie for lunch and then a salad for dinner on Monday just to, like, hit the reset button. But when when the weather starts to go up a little bit, big salads start to get in the mix a lot more. And uh, Rachel Sim, Syme, I don't know how you say it. Rachel, S-Y-M-E on Twitter. Gotta be Syme. Gotta be Syme. She said, okay, it is big salad season. So here it is, your annual big salad thread. What is your best big salad recipe? What are you throwing into a bowl lately? <laughs> I'm going to assume she's talking low bowls just based on some of the responses here. Uh, I don't know how else you would eat a salad. I, I I don't eat them any other way at this when, point. When we first pitched low bowls, it, it was more as, as kind of like a as a life changing vessel for for all of your food. Really, you know, your you, whatever you're eating. Mm-hmm. But but with a salad, you can't eat a salad off a plate. No, no, I can do that. If I'm even if I'm at a restaurant, you need gotta, a, you need a bit of a high side. You need the side. You need the scrape yeah. side. You got to go up. Even so, Padma Lakshmi even responded to this tweet. Oh, did she really? She's wow, in the I, food I, game, I, though. Isn't she I, top she chef? She is. Yeah, yeah. I didn't get down to her response. What did What did she say? Somebody, this was a good response, though, that seemed to to really stir up the uh, the peanut gallery. <laughs> <laughs> is that just a pie? Yeah, just a pie. I get it. I mean, yeah. it's fruit. The best salad I ever made was a cherry blueberry breakfast salad with a glazed raspberry dressing. It's just a 
just a pie. Yeah, that's just pie. <laughs> Do you subscribe to Big Salad Season? Well, look, as a Seinfeld buff, mm-hmm. I have to subscribe to Big Salad Season. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's a big salad. Yeah. You got it, right? Like that's uh I, I also now in, in my in the context of Austin, and I don't know if this restaurant they, they have to know. They gotta know what they're doing. But a place that I like, I've now I've I've had some beef with them lately, but but a place that I for the most part like is uh Better Half. Okay. They always have a, a big salad on the menu. They call it the big salad. They're, do they mix up the big salad? They do. They do. It's seasonal. Um, so the, the, when I pull up their menu right now, I'm get I'm still getting the fall big salad. Although I can assure you, they've moved on to the spring big salad at at the restaurant. Um, and I, I so they I know they do spring and fall. I'm not sure if they they pro- I got I think they probably drop a summer one in there too. Um, so the, the those are just a couple of reference points for me for for big salads. Uh, but but yeah, man, I the the thing about the big salads is big salads are best. Sorry, I just have this. <laughs> I've just been letting this gif. Yeah, like, you've been playing the video from the, <laughs> the, guy. the guy from the Oakland A's getting hit in the butt by the baseball. That's Dude, just been playing on the screen for like the, five minutes. I, <laughs> It's a good clip. This is like this reminds me of the dude at Dirty Bills. Yeah, this this guy's dumper. Yeah, man. he's got he's, he's got a good butt. God, I bet he squats like five hundred pounds. Sorry for the tangent, everybody. <laughs> um, all right, well, Twitter's done this new thing now where instead of just showing the thread constantly, you have to click see new tweets, and so instead okay. you just get yeah, lost wh- in all these wh- suggested tweets. Yeah, it's where, terrible. Where, well, I'm trying to find like Padma, but instead I'm just getting like keep going down butt gifs. Keep, nope, nope. You have to go up even more. Oh, I, now. To go, I gotta go up. Yeah, don't up. go too far. Oh, see, show. Oh, Twitter's really ever since Elon got in charge at Twitter, I feel like things have gotten a little more dicey. That's un- okay. That's unfortunate. Um. All right. Sorry. Back. Back on thread. Back on topic. Okay, so here's the thing about the big salads. Big salads are are best when there's a lot in them. Yes. Right? Yes. That's not easy. No. Unless you're at home. Yeah. And even then, you gotta. there's a lot of prep and a lot of work involved, right? And it's definitely hard if you're if you're taking your lunch to work yeah. especially oh you have to end up bringing like a giant tupperware thing you need that a takes giant, up all the you need a estate. giant tupperware mm-hmm. and then you need like a bunch of little small compartments for all of your your various accoutrements and well, toppings it's tough too cuz like how big of a how big of a big salad is too big it's the it's the never ending question yeah. because i'm not a next day salad guy and i like to get my salads very mixed at night when mm. we're doing big salads for dinner mm-hmm. and so when i have a little leftover salad i always think yeah put it in the tupperware i'll have it tomorrow and then i get it the next day and i'm like what was i thinking yeah it's these tough. onions have been soaking in this dressing for like 24 <laughs> hours it's yeah. all pickled you can't oh yeah you can't a dressed salad doesn't keep very well man it's, it's just it's so optimistic of me to think that i'm going to eat salad the next day after it's been tossed the night before it just makes no sense L- like like let me <laughs> let me <laughs> let me read you uh better ass <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I'm just going to move on from that statement. Um, let me read you Better Half's Fall Big Salad. Okay. Just to get an idea of, of how many how many things you need in these things. Power greens and romaine hearts. You got you to start with power greens. Otherwise, what are you doing? Yeah. Uh, curry roasted sweet potatoes. Coconut milk sweet potato puree. Sumac chev dressing. Honey crisp apple. Watermelon radish. Chili roasted pumpkin seeds. And avocado. And that doesn't even that doesn't even cover your protein. Then I was you gonna have a say, choice of proteins. The the other never ending question is what protein are we putting on the salad tonight? Like, are we gonna do a steak salad? Are we gonna air fry some salmon because Devin Brugman air fries all her salmon? It always looks really good. Yeah. Are we going to do some chicken breasts? Like, it's always a question of what we're gonna do. Maybe some shrimp on there. Who knows? We call I, we call these salads. Uh, 
in addition to calling it them big salads, we also call them vehicle salads because these are just vehicles to get bad things into our system <laughs> under the guise that we're doing it with a salad. And so it's like, yeah, I'm going to do this salad and I'm going to put a bunch of healthy vegetables in there, but then I'm going to put a pound of about like, like chef goat cheese right there too, because I need, I need some, some naughtiness in there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Sally's had a salad that she's been doing later. We've been doing it for the past, I would say three to four years. This is not a salad with greens in it. It's a cauliflower rice base, which I still think counts as a salad. It's almost like a pasta salad without any pasta even too. Yeah. Yeah. We make it all the time, especially during the summer months because it's so, it's just fresh tasting. And so it's from- is this one that you're able to leave in the fridge? Yes. Okay. You can leave, and that's why I love it. That's Because you can leave it in the fridge. You can save it for dinner the next night. You can save it for a couple days, but it's called the Spring Detox Cauliflower Salad. Inside this salad, as I scroll down, is raw cauliflower rice, apples, mint and parsley, shallots, and the shallots are essential in this, by the way. Do not skip the shallots. Roasted chickpeas, which you'd think that you don't have to roast them. I do think roasting them in this yeah, case. Yeah, yeah, you got to roast them. Because if you don't roast them, they get even more soggy if you leave it in the fridge. Yeah. Uh, avocado, two-second honey olive oil mustard dressing, which I can vouch is very simple to make, and then lime juice. What Sally does is she likes to see what's in season. She'll go to the grocery store, see what looks good, and she will sub out certain things in this to tailor whatever we want it to go with. So if we have a, if we want to do like a spicy salmon, we might toss in something else in there that might go better with it than if with just this original recipe. I will be putting this recipe on the Substack. Uh, I usually do a listener companion for the retail therapy episodes. This will be on there. Because so many people have reached out to me in the past about this salad that I have no choice but to put it on there. Uh, the- Sally does note that she changes the ingredients every time. Um, she will sub peaches for apples. Uh, she'll add cucumbers or jalapenos. She always adds some goat cheese. And she says she doesn't always do avocado. But then she changes the herbs around all the time, like whether it's dill, rosemary, anything. But it's a great go-to salad. The, the, I, I like a, the, a recipe where you can feel really confident in, do, in doing that i i there, there are certain things that I, where i i like you know i feel like i come up to the ledge of, of ocd i cook all the time almost always off of a recipe from a book or from you know a website i love pinch of yum which is where we're at right now shouts to pinch of yum um and like i always i get very skittish about going martha stewart and like you know and mm-hmm. just wheeling and dealing and and improvising like that about changing things up that are not exactly how their recipe states. Um, and so the, the, you need that word of mouth. You need somebody to, to give you that assurance that, yes, it's okay to like to switch it up, to mix, this is mix, the perfect mix things thing to in switch and out. Up. It's the perfect one because it's so it's kind of a generic recipe, but the, the dressing and everything goes well with pretty much anything. And so once you start mixing it up, like the world is literally your oyster. Like it's just you can put anything you want in there. It's great. Um, so th- there's another recipe person that I like, uh, the, the website is, is called half baked harvest mm-hmm. and I've definitely been there. She has a new cookbook out and like, I love her stuff. I, I, and I've cooked plenty off of her website and from her original cookbook, but it's all, it's relatively involved. So like I'm pretty selective about what I've cooked before uh, fr- from her stuff, and then a lot of it is like kind of weekend fare because you need a little bit more time and a little bit more patience. But her new cookbook is called Half Baked Harvest Every Every Day. Okay. Um, you know, colon recipes for balanced, flexible, feel good meals, and we uh, I, we just got this one in. 
I've probably cooked six different recipes out of this thing already. They have all been like very quick, less than an hour to make or right at that hour mark. And a bunch of stuff in here is falls into like the concept of vehicle salad or big salad. Yes. Because it's kind of like a formula for the for these easier, quicker meals where it's like she has you make a quick sauce, you do like a bit of a protein, and then you like mix it all together with like arugula and roasted chickpeas and roasted sweet potatoes or mm-hmm. something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's all it's it's that type of formula that that comes together and and kind of like delivers I, I think what's great about a the about the big salad and you know this this varies depending on how heavy you go with the chev and the avocado and the roasted pecans and like the kind of the, the not so great stuff. But you 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 can get a the, a lot of the problem with salads like making a light salad for lunch is you eat the salad then you're hungry and you like are raiding the snack drawer. Mm. The big big salads with, with that type of stuff with those the avocado and the cheese and the nuts and the chickpeas and all the type of stuff you can make it you can feel good about it and it's filling. Oh, it, that, that's the best part. Like I used to just eat salads for lunch back in the day and be like, why am I doing this? I'm still hungry after. Now that I've adopted the big salad mentality and we just make like, we take the entire thing of arugula and just shove it in the bowl <laughs> and call it a day. Like I'm getting stuffed off of it and I love it. What's your, what's your top dog uh, lettuce right now? Oh, it's arugula for sure. Me too. A, I've, I've, I've always been a big arugula guy. I mentioned power greens before, but the power greens, the secret is that it usually has some arugula in it. Right. You have to go with the arugula right now. It's just the that and that's I think that's a key because it gives you that that little spice, that little peppery kick mm-hmm. that you're just not gonna get with like green leaf lettuce or romaine or like any of those. I'm scared of romaine right now. I'm playing generic. real scared. I, I, we got a listeria outbreak. I or got something? food poisoning probably a year ago from uh from some romaine, and ever since then I've been, just been so gun shy on it. It scares me. I, I but you know what I fear is a day where arugula and lobos are no longer popular. I know they're no they they never go out of style they not they never go out of style. <sighs> I hope not. Do you have any fun? Do you have any fun salad toppings that you like to toss on there that just kind of to mix things up? Um, I'm 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 not sure if I saw this on your pinch of yum recipe or maybe it was a different one that I had pulled up. The the the, the, the my favorite ones are the ones that are kind of like unexpected and you're like oh damn that really makes it. You mentioned roasted chickpeas, which yeah. is that takes a really kind of bland nasty salad bar thing mm-hmm. and makes it like a star of your salad. Yeah. The other thing that is will like change your salad is pomegranate seeds. Oh yeah, I like that. Really, you just get like a juicy burst, but yeah. it blends super well with vegetables and spices, and you know all, all those other flavors that you'd expect from a salad. I just love the little pop of a pomegranate seed. Yeah. It just feels good. It's, it's great. It's just nice. Spring summer. It's, mm. the, it's the. I mean, well, that's the thing. Pomegranate. It's it's great in fall salads too. But uh, but but yeah, man. It's that's. It's those unexpected things. That's what makes a the big salad the nice a, touches. A big salad, the nice touches. It, it, for anyone out there who has a big salad in the making right now, please send us your big salad picks. I want all your big salad picks. Big salad picks, big salad um, recipes. If you want to link us to your favorites, oh yeah. If you have a good recipe, let let us know. I'm down. Kick it our way. <sighs> Before we get into our next segment, let's hear from our friends over at Grove. I got a question for you, Barrett. Did you know that only 9% of plastic actually gets recycled, no matter how much we put in our recycling bin? I I, I try to do my part, Will. It kind of speaks to what I was talking about earlier. But at Grove Collaborative, they believe it's time to ditch single-use plastics for good. Grove carries hundreds of products aimed at replacing single-use plastics across your home and personal care routine. And by 2025, Grove will be 100% plastic-free. 
Like Grove's concentrated cleaners and refillable glass bottles, they're friendlier to the planet and twice as effective as leading natural brands. You, you can switch to sustainable products for every room in your home, from laundry care to hand soaps and more. Grove has you covered with safe formulas and refillable packaging that never compromise on performance. I've recently adopted doing this just because it's just easier. I don't like having to go to the store and buy a brand new plastic bottle of hand soap when I could just have a big tub and reuse it across the entire house and not feel bad about throwing out these containers. It's a beautiful service. Join over 2 million households already shopping sustainably at Grove. Go to grove.com slash Gary's today and get a free gift or free gift set worth up to $50 with your first order. Plus shipping is fast and free. Get started right now at grove.com slash Gary's again, grove.com slash Gary's. Barrett, we teased talking aesthetics earlier today. I'm going to play a little clip from TikTok. I know we just kind of skewered fashion TikTok a little bit. This isn't necessarily about actual fashion. It's more about Instagram aesthetics. Okay. Let's hear from our friend. Uh, I don't actually know who she is, but once I queue up this clip, I guarantee that I will be able to see what it is. But here's the, here's the clip. Why does everyone's Instagram look so ugly now? Daisy Jones wrote this article for Vice and interviewed us. Anti-aesthetic Instagram can be seen as a natural progression of the photo dump, which really flourished during the early part of the pandemic. But why the shift from casual photo dumps to something something weirder. People are becoming more accustomed to platforms like TikTok that celebrate a raw individualistic content style. And the Insta aesthetic that once had us all in a chokehold is no longer relevant. But anti-aesthetic is still an aesthetic in itself. Like it's about saying even at my most weird or careless, my life still looks interesting. This is a good example. Cara Delevingne posted this and it's like, I think she's on her way to Selena Gomez or she's... Selena Gomez is on her GPS navigation somehow. Emma Chamberlain does make some exceptions to this rule. So what do you think about this anti-aesthetic? Is it for you? Do you still prefer an aesthetic Instagram? It's from the Digi Fairy. Do you understand what she's talking about? I don't. I don't. I need some elaboration here. So the the examples that she used are people just like she used Cara Delevingne as an example. She was going to meet up with Selena Gomez, and she just instead of posting like a photo of her with Selena Gomez, she posted a photo of the navigation in a car in a very like kind of haphazard way. Like okay. it's not a good looking photo, <laughs> and I do think she's correct. I think the photo dumps that we saw are, like kind of come to life during the pandemic. I mean, everyone's doing photo dumps at this point, right? Yeah. If you're yeah. posting one photo on Instagram, you're kind of just leaving likes out there. It's true. It, it's true. Yeah. Yeah. And so essentially it's just saying like, whereas we used to like filter these photos and worry about these things, now people are getting just absolutely reckless with it and just putting up photos in their photo dumps of things that aren't even aesthetically pleasing. It's just like, yeah, no, I'm doing this. Do you Are you telling me that that in a few months it's going to be socially acceptable for me to toss in like a picture of my uh, car's thermometer reading 107 into a photo dump? No, that is never acceptable. <laughs> big weather. You, everyone knows my thoughts on big weather. I think, I think big weather always amplifies the temperatures either too hot or too cold in order to get people to take photos of these things like like if you're i think all these apps on on the app store that you know that aren't like weather channel and stuff mm -hmm. i think that they're gassing their numbers up so that people screenshot it and they're like mm. it's so hot here today and then then people are like oh what's that weather app there that's a, i'm gonna go download I, that i'm very into this conspiracy mm -hmm. because it's like a relatively meaningless one but mm -hmm. it but I, i'm buying it i'm totally i'm buying just it. saying you gotta be careful of big weather why would you not 
inflate the numbers. Yeah. Yeah. You know, cook the books. That's what that's what TikTok's wondering right now too. And they're just like, yeah, we're gonna inflate the numbers. This is great. Okay. So it's 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 bad it's bad. It's just like it's that type of stuff. It's it's like uh it, it's stuff that shouldn't be on Instagram yeah, like and, because it's not visually interesting really. Yeah. Exactly. It's just kind of saying like I'm doing this, I'm cooler than you because I'm doing this, but I don't care enough about this to take a nice photo of it. I'm just putting it out there that yeah, I'm going on a trip and here's my suitcase that has like clothes falling out of it. But yeah, you can tell that that sweater's from a really nice company, and yeah, you can see that my per, my hundred eighty dollars perfume's kind of falling out of the dop kit right now. Okay, it's just All a right. little messier. I also have seen people, and this is very this seems to be very popular these days, is that people will do photo dumps where eight out of the ten photos are their photos, and then two out of the ten are random memes or photos that they find online that they just kind of want to be. I, I almost feel like they want to be known for it. It's like, no, I know about this photo. I'm using it in my photo dump right now. Yeah. That now I, I feel like mostly the those additions to the the dump as well, they, they are like non sequiturs, right? Yeah, like they don't connect to the previous Correct. photos. Yeah, it's just like here's a bunch of stuff I'm doing, and here's my current favorite meme. What, and this is how I know that this is a thing because so many times I'm like, oh, someone tagged Sunday Scaries in a in a photo. Cool. Maybe they're wearing a sweatshirt. Maybe they're burning a candle. I'm like. Nope, they just put one of the memes in their photo dump and now like a bunch of 20-year-old girls are also understanding that Sunday Scaries is a meme page. That I mean, that's huge, for, that's huge for you, honestly. I guess. Yeah, I guess. it's. But it's <laughs> like, you know, don't bastardize my memes. Don't use um, my memes for your photo dump likes, lady. No, no, actually, please do. So, yeah. Do you, you know who I feel like was an early kind of innovator with this? And we may have talked about it at one point. I I feel like we did. Um, and she's kind of she she's one of the patron saints of the Club Cool podcast in a lot of ways, actually, as well. But it's Ty Haney. Yes. I before you even said that, I had her profile queued up because I was getting ready for you to say her name. Yeah. She she was OG at like, especially in stories, but in on her page as well, at like putting up th- these videos and these photos where you you could just tell it just you, it infiltrated your presence in your veins and you were like i know whatever she's doing is a lot of fun and is dope as hell mm-hmm. but w- the way that you are portraying it is like this really messy nonchalant devil may care way where i'm like just getting a you know a shard of it a glimpse mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. not pretty it's not aesthetic it's it creates not like, intrigue yeah it does it does but she would but like the stories would all be like 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 really shaky and the camera would move around too much and like the photos would be off center or would be her like with a, you know, but you could look, see, looking you could see goofy, like a glass of sparkling like, wine at the front yard pool at St. Cecilia at Larry's or, house. or Larry's house. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, yeah. Yeah. The logo of like an acne beanie with a little like straight face would mm-hmm. just be like kind of accidentally prominent in, in some photos. That's mm-hmm. it. just like you're saying where it was like. But it's funny because it's like they know what they these people they know what they're doing, and it makes me think that they care more about their aesthetic than people that care about their aesthetic because they're so anti aesthetic now. I've talked myself in a circle and I don't know where I'm going, but you get what I'm saying. Well, there's and there's always been stuff like this, you know, pre social media, right? It's like the bedhead, like hair that looks like you know we've always kind of pumped stuff up like this, the hair that looks like you got out of bed, but it's too perfect for you to actually have just woken up naturally like that mm-hmm. or like just the the coolness of clothes that are disheveled or distressed but obviously they didn't get that way naturally like there 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 is this 
there is fabrication behind all of that. Yeah. So, yeah. so it's, um, you know, and that's, that's the skill of the artist is to make you believe that it's unintentional. And she was, she was, she was the goat. She, I, she might've pioneered this entire movement. Because I'm going to need be- to refollow her. <laughs> it's different now. It's, she's moved on, you know? Well, yeah. Now, uh, J- even... j- just like she did she she would she blazed trails and then just hopped off those trails yeah maybe i'm like <laughs> discounting her because like she has that weirdness to her but maybe i should stop because like i mean maybe she's she's on a wave that i i'm gonna be on eventually so i might as well just hop on it now yeah so uh but yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna have to i'll keep my eye out for this i in, think i think the... i'm just gonna start i i need to start getting uh a little in, looser with everything in the meantime i'm just going to continue to to desperately uh slap dramatic filter on all of my on all i'm of just my gonna images. keep rolling with my visco f2 <laughs> filter just knock down a little bit with a slight fade on there and call it a day stop dming me asking what the filter is it's f2 on visco just go use it it's free it's one of their free ones like you don't have to pay for that one you don't have to pay the 14.99 a year anyway it's time it's time for some wish list updates i make okay. i've made it i've made a claim barrett i'm doing no clothes okay until summer what what what's that like after the summer solstice? I'm gonna say I'm gonna say my official yeah summer solstice is like, when I'll start. That's like stuff June twenty first, right? Something, Something like, like that. that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. But until then, I'm doing no clothing items. Uh, I, I my wish list is already too deep for that. I'm a, I'm only doing home items at this point, or okay. some, maybe some spa products as well. Okay. Do you want me to lead off today? Yeah, yeah, I do. I do. Uh, I have two today. One okay. of which is doable. The other one is not doable. But I'm keeping it on my wish list because I'm I'm trying to. Uh, I'm trying to be a dreamer and see see if I can afford it someday. The first thing that I'm getting is we are in desperate need of upgrading our wine glasses. Sally did something that I was a fan of in the beginning, but I soon realized I was not a fan of it anymore. And she bought the wine glasses from the hit ABC drama show, Scandal. <laughs> and uh, while the glasses are fine and they hold a lot of wine in them, they're hilariously tall. Like so tall that they create a problem. They're very top heavy. Okay. You're just waiting for one to break, putting them in the dishwasher, which I, we probably aren't even supposed to be doing, but I'm just, I'm doing that. Yeah. It's impossible to fit them in the dishwasher. And so I've decided that I'm going to invest in the type of wine glass that I want, which is a large, I don't even know how to describe it. It's almost like a, it's like a sphere. Uh, it's mainly used for, I think, Pinots and Burgundies and Bordeaux and things like that. But it's like the shorter, squattier wine glass that you get instead of the taller, kind of more predominant one. Does that mm-hmm. make sense? Yeah, yeah. So I, I'm in need of some nice ones. I don't want anything crazy, and I'm probably going to hand wash these. But so the ones that I put on my wish list today are the Rydell Vinum Pinot Noir Burgundy Red wine yeah, glasses. Yeah, it, it's almost like in between, like a like what you think of as like a big red cab glass, mm-hmm. where it's like almost like like graduated in a way. Yeah, and then it's like in between that and like a bur- and like a. Uh, um, a snifter, yes. like a cognac snifter. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I always get excited when I'm at a restaurant and I don't know what kind of wine is supposed to go into what. Like my, as as I've told you with First Leaf, like I pretty much just see what tastes good and go with it. So when I order a glass of wine at a restaurant, it comes in one of these glasses. I just get excited. I'm like, oh, this is the best kind. The, yeah. The the wide, bo- like the wide bottom, just everything. And so I'm putting those on there. These are a little more expensive. I'm sure you can get some cheaper ones at Crate and Barrel, which I'll probably end up doing. But for this, I'm going to do... Uh, they're $65 a piece. So yeah, now that I realize this isn't a set and it's a piece, uh, I'm definitely going to go with the Crate and Barrel You know, style. I was looking over at that. I, I still can't quite decide if I think that $60, $65 per unit is a unit too. 
A, a household units oh, could be two? We It says one bill unit holds two pieces. And so then, it's 65 for the two of and them. And then the box looks like it has two in them. So I actually think 65 is for two. Okay. That's a little more justified then. Um, but I should probably get some backups just in case I break mine the first time around. Yeah. The wine glass situation at my house is not... It's not great, but it, it it's serviceable, I would say. We we've got like a couple decent ones from a from a vineyard out in Fredericksburg that mm-hmm. that uh that we visited. And then there's one nice one because which I'm pretty sure is a Rydell. Is it a sprint to that glass whenever you no, have it? No, I it's it's really it's mostly when I'm drinking wine by myself because I'm cooking, mm-hmm. I, I secretly pull it out. That's I like that move. <laughs> we have one crystal glass. It was given to me by my friends who own st- the store that I used to work for, Huzzah. And uh, they had an apartment above the store that we would always hang out in. And it was just kind of a place that we'd party in, do whatever. And they had this cut crystal glass. I have no clue where it's from, but it's kind of like, it looks like a stemless wine glass or an old-fashioned glass or whatever. Mm-hmm. No clue where it's from. I can tell it's expensive just based on what it looks like and where it came from. And I have no clue where to get more. And so I am, it's my favorite glass and I will put wine in it because it is good for a little splash of wine, but I'm so scared of breaking it that when other people come over, if I see someone grab that glass, I'm like, Oh, nope, nope, (laughs) nope. We're not doing that one. My dad like poured some whiskey in it one night and I was like, dad, if you mess this up right now, but you can't tell your dad to pour his drink out into something else. Dad probably gets, you know, he has the keys to that glass, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was too, I was a little gun shy to tell him that he couldn't use it. Um, but the rest, the rest of our wine glasses are pretty much stemless, which I liked for a while. And now I feel like a I feel like a, a fool. I I like having a stem on it for it, some reason. It, it feels fancier. It just it, does. With a kid and a dog around, stemless is the move. But once the kid goes down to bed and you know the dog's sleeping on the bed, I just kind of I need that stem. Yeah, I like I like doing the it's, swirl. It's nice. It's nice. Um, okay. What now? What's your what's your unattainable? <sighs> I've recently become obsessed with an artist on Instagram. Ooh. When I first saw his page, I was like, oh, I'm definitely getting a print one day. This is great. This is going to be so sick. And he does a lot of Western art. He's the guy right now. Mark Maggiore. Uh, I don't I, – I think I like Western art because I kind of grew up with my dad being super into Western art. And he would always have stuff around. We had several rooms in our house that were just completely Western kind of themed. And as I started following this guy, I, I've, I've convinced myself that he's the greatest living artist that we have at this point. <laughs> His Western art, the colors of it are just awesome. It re- they really are. I'm looking at this. Here, let me hear. Let me pull it up for the uh, for the YouTubers. Yes, it's just um, amazing the colors that he uses. Like I, he has a grasp on color that I could never dream of having, and it's just something that I'll always like. I, I'm just going to be fawning over this stuff for so long. For for our listeners that that aren't uh, that don't have a visual right now, what I would say is that even in the photos with no sunset. Everything looks like it is bathing in like the most perfect picturesque pink, yellow, southwest sunset you've ever seen. Yes. Like, and they, these are borderline photographs. They're that, so that detailed. I, I could not tell at first, which I think is like a kind of a funny thing as art goes when you're like, it, it, it's kind of like not exactly, it's not what people look for in good art. No, right? but I think when it comes to Western art, that is what people look well, for in I'm, a way. I'm not saying that it, that I'm not saying that it signifies bad art. I'm saying that people don't like, that's not like the number one thing of art is like, if you can make it look yeah. like a photograph. Yeah. Nope. That's not a good piece of art. It doesn't look like it's real. Like, yeah, most of the time you don't want but, it to look like but that. But that's, but I do like the, the, the photorealism here kind of adds to the experience for sure. And I think it looks it's like just kitschy enough. Mm-hmm. Like it has like a little bit of that kind of like that, that John Wayne Southwest, yes. n- you know, nostalgia, but it's, 
it feels more authentic than that in a way as well. Well, what I found is that his his paintings will go for tens of thousands of dollars. Ooh. So those are out. Yeah, and uh, yeah. what I've also found is that getting your hands on a print of his <clears throat> is not only expensive, but nearly damn impossible. Okay. And so my plan at this point, and I hope he doesn't listen to this podcast, my plan at this point is to try to scheme to get him on retail therapy at some point and then just hope that he's like, oh, I can give you guys, I can get you a special hookup on the inside track for a print. Okay. Like that's the only way we can get one at this point. Yeah. I've I've signed up for it. I've I've entered the giveaways. I've done it all. But this stuff is going to be on my wish list for a very long time until, because it's something that I will never be able to afford. Acquire so, one. Yeah. 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 I just am so into it right now for some reason. I think it I think I'm just going through a Western phase right now. Okay. What's on your wish Been list? Been watching a lot of Yellowstone, have you? I actually haven't even dipped into the most recent season. Are you a Yellowstone guy? No, no. I bailed on season two. I finished season two. And after season two was finished, I think I looked over at Sally and said, yeah, I don't know if I'm going to continue. <laughs> I just, I'm not, I'm not sold yet. We'll get there. But. Um, you know what? In the name of, look, I'm going to continue to do clothes because it's, <laughs> it's what I pay attention to. But in the name of throwing out a little bit of something for everybody, I'll do two today as well. Love it. These are two things that actually both crossed, crossed my screen within the last 48 hours. Um, I just ran out of shampoo recently. Ooh. So I've been looking for a new shampoo. Now, there, there is a debate out there about whether your shampoos should have sulfates or be sulfate-free. Mm-hmm. I've decided after a bit of cursory research today that unless you have a really sensitive scalp um, or, or, or are prone to like, various hair things, that you're, it's okay to have sulfates. If you do have a sensitive scalp, um, or, or, or want to be really gentle with it, then you should aim for a sulfate-free shampoo. Oh. The shampoo that I'm going to go for does have sulfates. I believe it's a brand that you may have covered last week on your on on the regular Sunday Scaries, but it's the the shampoo from Le Labo mm. uh, called Hinoki. Yep. I, I, yep. I, I haven't even smelled it, and I know that it, it it's the best smelling thing that that's ever existed so i i i did i talked about this on last week's sunday scaries uh there is a lay label store in south congress yep. i walked uh-huh. in there um i knew that we needed some more uh body wash as we ran out of our bougie body wash and I, I always like to have like something else in there outside of our like cheap stuff and i saw the hinoki one i was like yeah i'm gonna get this i didn't even know what hinoki was mm. and it, it smells unbelievable yeah i i, I yeah we have another bottle in that. We have two bottles. We have the sesame, I forget what it is. And then we have the Hinoki one. The Hinoki one is going down much faster than the other one to the point where like I feel bad for the other one. So I'm like using the other one to not make it make the Hinoki feel like yeah. it's the top dog. Right, right. Yeah. But the stuff smells incredible, Barrett. Yeah. Like, please do this. Yeah. I'm, I'm, so this, this is this is my – and I, I will also add that I, I'm I, shampoo – has been it's one of the last remaining pieces of my grooming regimen that I have never upgraded. Like I've always gone kind of run of the mill oh, type, sure. type stuff for shampoo. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm 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 finally it, it's I, I still my soap Dove exfoliating body bars mm-hmm. like you know twelve back twelve bucks for ten of them or whatever, and my um. Yeah, so my, my my soap is still that that's that that might actually be the last remaining like vestige of of my of my supermarket buys. 
I think I'm upgrading the shampoo. I think I'm going bougie shampoo. I think if you're going to upgrade one of those, I think shampoo's the one to upgrade. You probably I love the soap. My soap's great. I don't have a problem with it. Yeah. Like know? I mean and like when it comes to your hair and your scalp, you kind of have to get more more and more careful the older you get. I've started having scalp issues over the last few years. They've they've cleared up a lot in the last few months, but it's kind of stressful. And it's made me wonder if like the, the shampoo that I've been using for so long, I think we bought a giant thing of shampoo years ago. Mm-hmm. And like, I'm just now having to replace it. It was a Kiehl's amino acid coconut shampoo. Yep. Sally bought it for me, I think for Christmas one year. And we've had it for like two or three years at this point. And I'm just like, like, I mean, it's going to be gone. My soon. conditioner is also one of those gigantic bottles of, of Kiehl's mm-hmm. and I've in, because Nordstrom anniversary sale sells them for cheap, like once a year. The, it's also been around for four years. Dude, the that's, how, that's how they get you. The difference in levels of the sh- conditioner versus the shampoo, <laughs> it shows how lazy I like that. If you need to know how lazy I am, just look at how much shampoo I use versus my conditioner. I'm like, nope, don't have time for the conditioner. I'll do that later. And it's like now the bottle's all gross and it's been sitting in the shower getting mildewy for four years. Like, oh, I, the bottles are disgusting. They, 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 there are, unless you are just like churning through the stuff, don't go buy like the 70 ounce bottle. No, it's not worth it. It's you no, know, it's not. It's just going to sit there. Like now the, the nice white bottle now has this like weird, like red hue to it at the bottom. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't even know what that is. And I don't want to <laughs> think about what that is. Um, so I've, I've lost power here, but I can, I can, <laughs> I can tell you what it was. That works. Why don't I tell you what the movie times are? <laughs> uh, <laughs> are you, a, are you a Clark's Wallaby guy yet? No. Okay. I'm I'm afraid that they're going to look too big on my feet. Yeah, I, I I resisted for a really long time before getting a pair at the end towards the end of last year, and it it, it they were they were a lifesaver for me because I was so tired of wearing sneakers all the time, um, and I'm not I'm decidedly not a loafer guy. I have not been able to get into this loafer trend that is that is raging currently. The loafer game's not for everybody, Barrett. It's okay. And so, um. And so this this was big for me to have like a shoe that like was casual and comfortable, but not a sneaker. Yeah. Uh, and so just over the last, I think on Friday, uh, Clark's put out a, a desert boot and a wallaby boot uh, in collaboration with a Korean brand that I really like right now called This Is Never That. Okay. Very, very, very similar to the to the kind of classic maple suede wallaby. But the but the upper is like mixed with like Clark's regular suede and then like a nappy suede. Yeah, it also comes with like a, the I think... suede part of it is also a reason I haven't gone in yet because I'm I'm <clears> always <throat> so afraid of ruining. I like I love suede. It's one of my favorite fabrics. Mm-hmm. Suede on my feet scares me because like growing up in Michigan, you'd wear anything suede, any moisture or salt in the snow or anything like that. Yeah. Suddenly you have a stained you have yep. stained suede, and I don't want to know what to do with it. Yeah, I I think. I think wallabies are pretty resistant to it based mm. on just the, the way that they're coated or protected or the type of suede that they use. Not sure about these, but I really like the mixed material. It adds a little bit of textural stuff. And then you get some bonus laces that you wouldn't get with a regular pair um, as well. So this is the, the first pair that I bought was like, I dig the, these. was like the vegan suede option. And it's a little bit lighter. It's like a sand color. I, and and so as we move forward here, I, I might I might add this pair if they're still available in a few weeks because it's, it's this really traditional classic suede but it just has like the right little tweaks that that kind of those details always get me that's what that that's what that's what that's what hooks me and gets me to pull trig on stuff where do we stand on desert boots the uh, like the clark's like the i'm still out on them but but they're also they're such a i wore them for so long during like my j crew menswear yes 
I did. I, I also did that, and so they'll always have a special I, place in my heart. It, much like the, the much like I don't know if I will ever be able to wear a Sperry topsider again because they are just like you know such a piece of fraternity Barrett. I also, but I also think that you and I existed in a world where we made fun of it so much at a former profession or a career of ours sure. that like those will for always will always be tainted in our eyes for some reason <laughs> along with like there's so many other things where I'm like nope I can't do that anymore yeah but the and and I just I I, I think the the desert boot worked better with slimmer pants yeah and now that things are opened up a little bit more and like has have more pockets I guess because it does it does clamp down on the ankle a little bit yeah like, yeah uh-huh. you can't really do that with the big pants and the, the wallaby is just like just fits I for me like the current aesthetic a little bit better and so that's <sighs> I'm, I'm wallaby over over the desert boot as as it stands now. Well, to anyone who was exposed to retail therapy today, we hope you enjoyed your time here. We really started off with quite an electric segment. I, I, you know, I hope we didn't. I hope we didn't flame out after the first twenty minutes where we where we did some where we covered something really important, and then we had a giant a giant twist, a big reveal. You know, just a real. Really hot, hot podcast. Hearing there. that producer Randy is a sheen guy. It's just, <laughs> it's just wonderful news for Nobody this podcast could have overall. That. No, I didn't have that happening, no. but I'm glad it did. Uh, yeah, go recommend to a friend. Go leave us a review. Uh, we love hearing the reviews. We love seeing the reviews. Just go do it. Um, but yeah, I think that's it. Let's wrap it up. All right. See you guys next week, I guess.